0: Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship, and mission, and we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social, and economic renewal in our immediate communities, and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. Welcome, welcome, welcome home this morning. Welcome to Business Garage. Once again, my name is Mona Muguma and I'm your host this morning and I'm pretty excited to bring to you two two phenomenal gentlemen who will be speaking to us this morning about uh, discipling. So with me and welcome uh, Dr. Stephen Mugabe and our usual Director Grace Munira. Gentlemen, you're very, very welcome to this new segment of discipling in business, and it's going to be very interesting. So if you haven't yet um, sent or shared the link with your friends and family, if you are on your way and making it to a location, hurry up, get to the location, watch us online, share the link with friends and family, people that you care about, business owners, leaders, entrepreneurs, this is going to be very, very useful. Now before we launch into it, Dr. Steve, you know the drill. Your greetings, please.
1: Good morning, everybody. Good morning. It's a pleasure to be here at Business Garage and I would like to send greetings, yeah, to my people at Washipaves downtown. Yeah? Especially zone three. Yeah? They know who they are. Yeah. Awesome. I, I think that's why I want to stop with my greetings.
0: Fantastic. You might be in trouble there, but anyway
1: (laughs) Thank
2: you very much Um, I send greetings out to my MC members uh, The ones for Mogera Road MC They are wonderful people
0: Wow, fantastic So, discipling in business And we're led through scripture Uh, Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Really, um, starting with verse 18, which says, Jesus approached and breaking the silence, he said to them, All authority here on earth, here in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go then and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them into the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you all the days, to the very end, uh, amen. So that is Jesus, the chief discipler, the originator of discipling, uh, giving the instruction and showing us how to disciple. What does discipling look like in business? What is discipling in business? What is it not? I don't know who's going to start first. Director,
2: (laughs) Okay, Um, Discipling, discipleship, really comes from discipline. A disciple is a person who is a learner, who is a student, who socks in what they are taught. So it is important that we understand what discipleship is. It is imperative for a vision bearer to actually grow disciples in that verse Jesus did not say and you shall uh, have followers say make disciples of all nations that means that discipleship has to be an intentional process of developing the disciple it is tempting to actually think you have disciples when you actually have followers and likes
0: oh okay, okay fans apparently yeah so, so, so fans are not disciples?
2: They are not, far from it. Ah. Yeah.
0: So is
2: that what discipling is not? It's, yeah, that's what it's not. But it is also very tempting for the one discipling to actually create followers and fans. Because you have a model of a general with a thousand helpers. So they come to you for literally everything. You know, you feel they, 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 they boost your ego. They, they, they come to you. You are the go-to person. What should we do? How should we do? And you say, increase, don't. And, and so, you're the, 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 the go-to you're for the everything. Yes. yes. So, it's very tempting. And if not done intentionally, you can actually end up being that person who has no disciples. But you have a bunch of followers. So, for you to... Ha- be a discipler, you must know that you're a leader who is actually growing other leaders. And so you must be secure in yourself that this is what I want to do and this is the imperative that I have
1: to grow other disciples. Nice. Do you want to add to that? Yeah, sure. I can add. So, Jesus comes on the scene and he decides, he shows us that discipleship is the dominant thing to do. Um, He's here for he gets people and works with them for three years and then commissions them to go and uh, do what he has been doing. Mm-hmm. For me, I see it as if you want to make something, propagate something, then the best way to do it is uh, discipleship. Uh, it's, gr- In other words, growing leaders who mm-hmm. grow other leaders to continue with the vision that you have to dominate the world. Um, in Genesis, God tells us, be fruitful, multiply fill the earth, how is that going to happen when you're the vision bearer, you're alone? No, uh, there are some competencies you have mm-hmm. and you can only pass them on through uh, discipling others to disciple other people. Mm-hmm. And that way that dream of yours will be big like Jesus. is. We still, Jesus is still the most famous person in the world and yet he died 2,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. His mission is still going on. Uh, because of what he implemented for other people to keep propagating it.
0: I like that. I like that. So, bring it to the business context. Why do that in business?
1: Why do that? In business. So, as a vision bearer of a business, uh, you want to impact the world. Uh, You've been given a vision by God to, for example, I'm a dentist Mm. and maybe I'm there to save people through making sure that their smiles stay healthy, whole, <laughs> their mouths uh, in good condition yes. so that they can live long. Yes. Yeah, I mean, without teeth, you, you can't live long mm. or you might have a very poor quality life. Imagine reaching 70 and you can only eat, um, what, mashed food yes. Yes. Yeah, yes. when you're being invited for serious events and all you can do is mashed food. Yeah. Saying me, I only eat uh, avocado. (laughs) So maybe my goal is to make sure that people keep their teeth for life. So if I was only doing that for a few people, I'm not being fair to the world, honestly. I need to teach other people to teach others, for us to be able to multiply and make sure that people in the world live to a hundred with all their teeth.
0: I love that. I love that. I love that. I love that.
2: You see, if you're doing something good, you want other people to benefit. For instance, if you, if you two years ago had a cure for COVID, you want more people to be able to have that access to that. So inevitably, you want to grow people who are like you, who do things like you, who have and embed the principles that you actually espouse, so you would have your formula in South Africa, in Brazil, in Thailand, in Korea, all over the world. And the people who would carry this DNA would be people that have gone through your hands. Mm -hmm. That would be it.
0: Thank you. So, Dr. Steve, there are very many models of discipling. And at Worship Harvest, we we follow Mike Breen's models of discipling. And today, we want to talk about the square. Today let's focus on the square, and, uh, and, and, and the square or the models are how we get into the discipling. Uh, perhaps I'll start with you to take us through the first two stages of the square of uh, discipling, and then, Director, you can do um, the last two. Thank you.
1: I like the square. Um, Mike Brin really helps us understand what's discipleship, how it should be done. And the square, so he's using the four sides of the square, and on the top, going back to Jesus, so Jesus um, invites uh, Simon and his brother Andrew to join him so that he will make them fishers of men, yeah? That was, I think, in Matthew 4.19. In Matthew, they don't tell us what he has just done, but in Luke, he had just used Simon's boat, and uh, after using it, he told Simon, go and fish. And Simon gets a net-breaking, boat-sinking, lot of fishes. So he's amazed. He's like, what? I need to follow you. When he says, come, and I make you uh, fishers of men, they have just seen what he's done. So they're like, I think if this guy says fishing, men is big better than fishing fish, eh? then let me follow. Best believe. Yeah. yeah. So I think as a leader, how you do discipleship, is you first cast a vision to people and then you invite them and direct them that come see me do this uh you're telling them this is where we are going even you you were going to be like me like this i think you should also be able to do this this and that yeah Uh, but it starts with a vision and you being able to demonstrate that you are competent at what you're saying then someone has the ability to believe in you and say let me go with you, let me dare go with you Mm -hmm. and be part of your vision eh? so in business I would say um, it's up to the leader to first cast the vision and catch the right people who say okay, they may come as fans at first Mm -hmm. but you're going to take them through the drills to become uh, disciples
0: nice, director do you want to add to that?
1: I was listening
2: <laughs> so attentively. <laughs> but um, th- th- there's an aspect I want to bring out that why are we doing it this way? We want to be able to be different and build kingdom businesses. Mm. That with, with us in business, recognizing the presence and help of the Holy Spirit, then like he said in Luke 5, these guys were pro- professional fishermen. To be able to listen and say, you know what, at the at the at your word, we will throw away our experience and our inbuilt skill, and we will do it the way you have said it. So, the the model we are talking about is to be able to believe the the vision bearer and risk your own mental models that you have built along the way and discard them so that you're able to see a bigger and better picture. There is a gentleman I think called Dallas Willard. He said the, prof, the, the challenges with uh, the advice we normally get is not what has been spoken, but what has not been spoken. The issue is that with our conventional wisdom, it falls short. But when we believe and practice the principles that God gives us through Jesus Christ, then we are able to actually run a better business. Then on top of what we know, we are able to get the help of the Holy Spirit and actually make better and superior
1: uh, decisions.
0: Nice. So what does cascading that vision look like in practical terms, Doctor?
1: So I was thinking about uh, what I've done before Mm -hmm. with this. at one point, because my vision is actually to make people live longer, healthier, with their teeth. Eh? <laughs> um, I had to learn how to make, uh, to market my business. Yeah? So I went to a coach who taught me how to use social media. So I had to do Facebook Lives. And I was scared of them, but I had to learn them. So it reached a point, I was like, okay, I'm doing this, it's working for me, but I have people I work with, dentists, I would want them to also be able to do this. So I had to challenge them to help them do the same. Uh, But I first learned what I had to teach. Then I taught them to do it. And um, it was, you know, uh, they first see what I'm doing, um, the whole process, the before, before you do that Facebook Live, we had a campaign, what do you do? You get partners um, from your networks uh, to give you gifts to give away. Then you'll use them at this Facebook Live to run a campaign that will be successful to give you visibility and which will eventually turn into profits. Uh, so I had to challenge, they first saw what I did, then I sent them out, say, you know what, you also have networks. You're not going to use my networks. Go, contact your friends. Uh, They give you these things that you're going to give away. Then, uh, you know, practice. We made a private Facebook group Mm. and did our practice there. Nice. Yeah.
0: Nice. What I like about this is it's sounding like it was two-step. There was one where it was, I'll do it, you watch me, and then it moved to I'll do it and you help you So help. They, through the Facebook, uh, Facebook group. Yes. That way, I quite like that. Director?
2: I think there comes a moment when you realize you, you, you now have... You, you have what you first said, that you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Then now you know what you don't know. So in that case, the appetite of the follower increases. Mm-hmm. You realize, oops, I have been a passenger. Now I need to know, to know how to drive a car. I have been eating. Now I need to know how to make the food. So it, there's an increase in commitment required from the, 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 the disciple, the, the person who is becoming a disciple. Mm-hmm. In that case, then that awareness is what increases his appetite or her appetite to actually make a bigger and better commitment to now learn because now they know what they don't know.
0: Nice. So what happens now when they are aware that they don't know or they know? Um, so you're in that stage where I know a little, I know a few things. I can get this done. At what stage are we, and what should we look out for, and? You know what are the pitfalls around there, or what should we continue doing? What does it, you know, you know something? You've been with them a while. They've been yeah. on their Facebook live and that type of thing. What stage are we, and what should they look out for? Because sometimes I think you can get comfortable in what you know, but yeah. you don't want to learn.
2: Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it was um, Robin Sharma who said that awareness precedes choice. So if they are not aware, they will not have what to choose from. So, you have to bring their level of awareness, even awareness, to the level that they are not aware they, they, they get aware of their incompetence or their ignorance, so they are so aware of their ignorance that they actually then now commit and say, "What should we do?" You remember when the disciples uh, when the apostles preached and the guys were struck to the heart and they asked, what should we do? That was a level of awareness that was brought, but a level of also showing them that now you are incompetent. Now you need to actually learn these things.
1: Yeah. Yes. I think you there has to be a discipline to the process of learning. Yeah? Um, again, an example came to mind. Mm-hmm. So one time I used to teach at the university. Yeah. And I was a new teacher. I was not so conversant with how to deliver my message. But I knew what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And so one of the students took it to, to torture me. Eh? <laughs> so he would always try to expose me that I didn't know what I was doing. But one time we had a clinical session and he was stuck. So He approached me to help. I told him, but you know everything. (laughs) You know everything, go ahead and do it. eh?" And he sweated because he realized that while he knew the theoretical bit, he didn't know the practical bit. And he had to go through that process. He had to be disciplined to go through that process. I like that. Yeah, so I let him suffer until (laughs) he couldn't and until all his classmates were like, yeah, accept that you have failed today. Then I went in and demonstrated to him what to do, and then he started respecting me. So there is a process, yeah? So as, um, while I was speaking, I was thinking, you have, you, you now are, you, you should, you have to keep being aware that there's much you don't know, that you need to learn from that person, you as the person being discipled, to go through the process. Um, and then you'll be able to reach a point where you can also go and teach others. It sounds
0: twofold, theory mm. and
1: uh, practical. Uh, pr- practical,
0: and discipling tends to be more practical in nature. Is that, mm. is that what I'm picking up? Mm. Yes,
1: it's very, very practical. Um, I mean, it's not just about head knowledge. Mm. Yeah, you have to, to go along and learn apprenticeship, that's mm. the word. Mm. You have to see what the other person is doing. You may have heard it said somewhere, that this is what you do but when you reach there your environment is different from the person who said this is what you do so how do you do that? Um, It's by learning how the other person is shadowing someone um, as they do their work again in like surgery surgeons learn best from other surgeons being in the operating room with them see how the guy approaches things how he reacts to things that were not planned for Uh, Then next time you'll be the one to say, you rise to the table and say, I'm going to do this. So it's apprenticeship as well. There's lots of learning with discipleship. Uh, uh, And it's so practical. And then it reaches a point of, um, what I would say, you have to kind of immerse yourself in the process. Yeah. Um, the, The bit I would like to add would be, for you to be an
2: effective discipler, you also must be increasing in knowledge because you cannot just top up and say, you know, um, I am a disciple, that is it, and forever I will be a disciple. because you cannot give what you don't have and people will easily know when you run dry and run out as a discipler, you run out of data.
0: so it's a constant journey of learning and refreshing and bringing new ideas, casting that vision uh, making it uh, any other way Uh, 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 everybody online, I'd like to encourage you to post your questions and comments uh, so that we can have Dr. Steve and Director Grace uh, answer all the questions uh, that you may have around discipling and making disciples in your business so what, what are the things that you have seen over the years that you wish you knew then and could have applied earlier? What lessons have you learned? What, what would you do differently now that you know about discipling?
2: Wow. <laughs> oh. You know, uh, what I know now that I would have done differently would be the issue in business, for instance. Would be the issue around debt, and you know, uh, are you able to manage debt? Are you, should you have debt at all? So, knowing my journey and knowing how I burnt my fingers, I now teach people not to get to debt, mm. and to avoid debt, and how to manage their cash, their cash. So that, you know, the the, 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 because essentially debt is eating tomorrow's profit, and you have a projection which can actually be very faulty, and in many cases, it's very faulty. <laughs> because in this vocal world, so many moving parts, you don't know what tomorrow brings. So you're telling yourself tomorrow will have a 30% increase in revenue. And if it doesn't, you're tanked. So, where I am, I can now help someone and say, look, dude have you tried growing this business organically? Have you tried to make sure you, you know, contact more clients so that your revenues improve? Look at your expenses so that you're able to live within your means. Look at your accounts payable, Look at your accounts receivables so that you are able to run a very healthy business. And what is cash at bank at every, every single day? And then you're able to project maybe, say, 13 weeks ahead what the cash position would be. So, out of a bad debt uh, situation, then I'm able to help people in business actually run their cash position much better.
1: Very nice. Um, well, one of the things I think I could add there is, I think you have to be intentional about now what I know, I have to be intentional about uh, discipleship. For me, I learned the hard way. <laughs> so, I was running a solo practice, Everything was going well. I was a very good micromanager. Hmm? I, I know everything. About, I can do everything in my business. So, but that wasn't taking me anywhere. So in 2019, I fell downstairs oh, yeah. at work. I came to work and there was water gushing. So I was looking for where is it coming from. So I tried to walk downstairs to go and uh, turn I it. And then I fell off and I fractured my left arm. Oh my so I You're couldn't too. work, yeah, I couldn't work. Um, so I had to, now, be forced to start teaching others to do what I do. Yet, if I had been intentional about saying, I'm going to start grooming someone, then our door is have someone to work with. So I was working with one arm, and I had this person who had been my intern. She, she was just there interning. I said, you know what? You're going to help me do the things where I can't do with my left arm. Mm. And I was like, okay, she's good at what she's doing. So I just have to encourage her to get. And that's how I got someone to start working with me. It was accidental. So I think.
0: (laughs) Quite literally. (laughs) Yes.
1: (laughs) So if. How I would approach it now is I have become intentional about creating leaders with me. And so like in the uh, COVID mm. The season of COVID I got COVID and I couldn't work But work continued because I had trained other people to do what I do
0: Nice, yeah. nice. I quite like that So it involves being vulnerable yeah. with your stories And it involves being intentional And drawing people into your fold Because we have an interesting question here Where somebody has said It has been said that businesses require a secret source So in discipling Aren't you afraid of giving the secret source away through discipleship? You teach people they go, they go and replicate your business, they stole your idea. There's always that fear, and I think sometimes that's why people hold back.
2: That will happen. Wow. Yeah. There's no running away. From There's you know. no running away. People will, in fact, mm. it is important that they steal your idea. You will not be able to keep them from stealing your idea. Mm. But The disciple, who is the businessman, should also be a continuous learner. Secondly, an idea stolen is actually useless. Only an idea implemented, and you have to create a culture and an environment where that idea flourishes. Now, some ideas are, it's very easy to steal an idea, but without the prerequisite culture to grow that idea, you can steal the idea and it won't grow. And because you're the owner of the business, let me explain. Because you're the owner of the vision, you envisioned this way earlier. So there are so many things in your mind that are not known to many people. And so they they can steal the idea, but they will not be able to implement the idea. You will; they they will not have the finesse of the idea that of the implementation of the idea that they've stolen. So, stealing, yes. I mean, even when you're operating a business, people will bribe your staff to, you know, photocopy an invoice for them. They will, you know, look at your suppliers and find their products. So, really, be secure that uh, people will be tempted to steal the idea and yes, idea they will steal. Secondly, it is not the idea. It is the ecosystem that you actually provide. The little small things that none of them can be uh, isolated. People will steal elements of the, of the ecosystem and run away with them. But how you treat your employees, how you celebrate them, how you, you, you've, you've refined the product, the, enviro- the innovations that you bring on board. How many people have tried copying KFC? Many. <laughs> yeah, but people still go to KFC. And KFC, we shall go.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what I can add to that, um, honestly, it's, there's, nav- there's more out there. Mm? So if I'm on a mission to save the world's teeth, uh, I can't do it alone. So even if I brought someone along and they went away and photocopied exactly what I have to do it elsewhere, it's OK. Because they are still helping me with my mission. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Um, so, I would love to see, even if someone doesn't stay with me, that at least they are doing what I told them. Work, yes. Yeah, quality yeah. work. They are, they are bothered about solving that problem.
0: They are ambassadors. Yes. Of, of, of yeah, so to me,
1: it's like you're building... Um, you're sending out ambassadors who you may need later. You keep those... You, you keep those bridges. You don't burn them down with them. Like, this one stole my idea. Well, they can't execute it like you have it in your head. Indeed. Uh, also, I think people do leave us because we have not envisioned so well and they don't see how they fit into our picture. Mm. So they're like, ah, this guy is stifling me. I have now become innovative. I've learned this stuff. Let me go and start. But if you told them, if you kept envisioning that this is where we are going, This is what we want. This is how you fit in the picture. I think they want to achieve something like that as well. We lack the ability to always envision people so that they know where where we are going and they be part of it. One thing I've learned from Worship Harvest is to shout the vision and mission until you're tired of it. So that people catch it. Yeah. Eh? So that if they wake you up, and where are we going? You say where we are going. Uh Like that. So... That's what we have to do for our businesses. Then people won't just easily leave. Yeah? Mm-hmm. They'll want to work with you. Or you'll be attracting the people who don't want to go away. But we sit on our little thing mm-hmm. and, and don't empower these people to see the possibilities in your thing. So they see a ceiling and they need to get out. Because they have dreams that they want to achieve. But if you are growing as a leader, they can grow under you. Uh, you're telling them, this is where we're going. You're going to be the person in charge of Tanzania eh? and the person says okay I love Tanzania because I have relatives I'll go and be the person in charge of uh, code clinic Tanzania they'll come along yeah yeah. Yeah, but so the reason they want to steal or move is they just don't see a future with you very nice the thing I I could add is
2: the people you're discipling actually should want to be like you okay They should want to emulate and be you.
0: The original when I grow up.
2: Yes, when I grow up. And so you should show them that it's possible to be me. And there is a clear uh, path to be where I am. And you can even do bigger things. It reminded me of a time when I worked with some organization. And... The, the, the head of the organization had been there like 35 years and there was another guy and then my supervisor who had been there another like 20 years so I figured it would take me about 50 years to reach the top I left <laughs> I quit <laughs> because all these guys were there and there was no hope,
0: there was no hope for me i still remember it (laughs) today. (laughs) i'm so glad actually there was no hope there because we'd never then know vine pharmaceutical exactly today so in the end it worked out for (laughs) our good i have another question here does discipling only happen within the four walls of business or can one disciple clients too and how so now we've stopped discipling our employees we're now discipling our clients
1: I think it's possible to disciple clients. So what comes to mind right now is um, if I'm on a mission, so forgive me, but I know teeth. Eh? So if I'm on a mission to help the world stay smiling uh, all their life with their teeth um, and you're my client, have, I have to coach you now to, be, to, to live their life of uh, someone who's going to keep their teeth for life. So if you, um, like one of the things we've had to coach our clients to do at Court Clinic, is make appointments. Hmm? So you could open and say, just come in when you want, first come, first serve. But I've had to train them that we work on appointment. We will, you can go do other things, come, we shall respect your time and You'll be seen at that time and you go so that you don't have to wait. Because I also don't like to wait. So I've had to train them like that. So should I change the way I work? Maybe I say, mm-hmm. I want you to pay up front. I don't want to hear anything. Pay. I'm going to start coaching them. That. Money management. Yes. Time and they'll money. have to. They'll, they'll have to pay up front. The ones who don't want to be coached to be like that will go. The ones who want <laughs> to stay will, will stay. You get. So you helping them. That's the best example that comes to mind right now. Uh, so for me, at least I know that from the beginning, I always wanted people to make appointments because I don't like waiting. I don't want to make people wait. So people have learned. On Fridays, I don't work and I'm so happy when some people go and say they have bounced. Because I'm like, I told you a long time ago that we work on appointments. Nice. Yeah. So you're coaching the people. Mm-hmm. You're discipling them. That you know what, time management, this Scheduling, is how you Scheduling, planning. Um, also, if I want you to keep your teeth, I'm going to teach you to coach you into behavior change, so that you, I'll say, please, can you stop snacking? Uh, this is, I'll first educate you and then give you a plan how to beat. stop snacking because it's going to make you not have teeth at 50.
0: And I quite like that, because one would think you'd be, you'd be happy to have them with their teeth uh, having problems, and that means uh, more money in your pocket, and I think you'd touch their... You touch their hat yeah. and he actually doesn't want me to come here often. You know, he'd be happy seeing me once a year, not, not every quarter. That's very nice. Director. You
2: can actually coach and, 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 and disciple your, uh, your, your customers. Customers, good customers, are actually unpaid employees. So, a good customer is actually doing the work of an employee and they're not on the payroll. How? <laughs> they are bringing in more clients. So, they go work for you, and they are able to explain the things that you have explained to, to them before. And say, these teeth, please do not snack, And for more information, come, I take you to the source of the information. And so, they have become employees, only that they don't get paid. Okay? So, the more of them that you're able to train, the better. Secondly, You then create a community. A community where certain problems are actually resolved by the customers. So should you have a challenge, one of the customers is able to say no, no, no. That one, this is how you resolve it. This one, this is how you do it. This is how you floss, okay? I'll tell you a little story about uh, flossing. So one guy was of the view, you know the the, the dental floss? No. Uh, You know, you don't? Okay. So we asked this gentleman how to use the floss. He said, No, me, I thought this thing is like a cream you just uh, then put on the teeth. Now he had very good intentions. But the floss he thought was maybe like Vaseline. Mm. But a floss is a small thread. And how to use the floss, someone has to be taught. Roll it on this finger and on this finger, and then regularly move it up and down. And so If someone has a challenge then someone else will help solve it for them yeah so yes you can disciple your 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 customers actually you should disciple your customers
0: i like that um i'm going to ask you both um before we close to just tell us who is discipling you who's coaching you who do you look at but before we get to that uh, director you have a franchise model um, and and so that's people in multiple locations. At times it's easier, or we think of business. At times you have, is it a privilege? But at least they are around you. But now you have people across the country, across the city. How do you do your, your discipling effectively? I just thought about that. You know, discipling people who are far from you, who are at different uh, places, different locations to you. You know, there is a watch me out and see how I'm doing it. Mm. But now they are at a distance. How do you do that? And then. You know, you can tell us who's coaching you, uh, discipling you, who you follow. Okay. First,
2: you must realize that this person also wants to be like you. They also want the ability to be able to sign a check. They also want to be able to say no, yes, increase, decrease. So what you do, you give them purpose. And so you say, look, this thing, we're going to run it long term, and this is how we'll do it, and for the benefit of the ultimate client. So, plus, you you realize you're not omnipresent and omniscient, okay? So, once you realize that, then you want people to be in different places, but also to be able to do what you do uh, completely. So in terms of hiring, in terms of firing, in terms of procurement, in terms of making sure that everything is done well, you teach them and then you show them that there is a benefit to this. In the short term and in the long term. In the short term, these are the monetary benefits. But also in the long term, it will really pay off quite very well. But also those who work around you, make sure that you train them to be like you. So that out of you will come other franchisees who will exactly do what you are doing. Then you can multiply that model without necessarily uh, being all over the place and running like a headless chicken.
0: Okay, nice. Who is discipling you? Who do you look to many
2: people really um, I read um, I'm here uh, sometimes when I'm stuck I ask up more uh, I bounce off a few questions of him um, but more actively um, ha. I do John Maxwell I do Mike Breen I do Jim Collins and but um, there is a gentleman I've taken a uh, special interest in um, who is really uh, teaching about scaling up, and that's Van Harnish.
1: Yeah.
0: Indeed, it's right up your alley, in.
1: Yeah, I also have multiple disciples, so I'd like, I like to look at them in the five capitals. I have one for spiritual, mm-hmm. and they're my pastors at worship harvest. Mm-hmm. I have one for a physical capital. It's my doctor who makes sure that I stay fit So I've had to go and learn from him. Why should I eat this and not that? Why do I have to stick to this routine? Mm. And when I fail, I go back. Um, And he coaches me through that. Mm. Uh, Also for intellectual capital, financial. So, and specifically for my work, I have a coach. He's from the U.S. He's called Gary KD. And he's teaching me how to scale the practice. So I have a weekly call with him. Um, talking through uh, how we are doing this and how I have to grow leaders that will grow God Clinic.
0: Wonderful. I, I, I quite like that. It's very practical. These men who know what they're doing and are have, have, have teaching, are they themselves uh, being taught? And As you've heard, the, the five capitals, they consult, they ask. They're vulnerable. They make themselves available and they take the instruction and you're on the call today uh, you're uh, watching us online and you two want to start this in your business you two want to be discipled you want to disciple uh in your personal life and within your business it starts with a relationship with jesus christ jesus christ is a chief discipler and He's the one that brought the model, he's the one that brought salvation, but discipling starts first with salvation and a relationship with him. And we invite you this morning, I invite you this morning to take that first step and accept Jesus Christ in your life and you'll be immersed and placed uh, in a church family where you'll receive the guidance that you need. Uh, You'll get a disciple, a discipler, and you'll be taught as well how to disciple. So if you'd like to take that step and accept and invite the Lord Jesus in your life, I'm going to lead you and ask you and request you to say this prayer with me. And at the end of it, you will be born again in the family of Jesus Christ. And within Worship Harvest, there'll be models for how you can be immersed into his family. So if you will, please say this prayer after me. Dear Lord... Thank you for your message of grace, salvation, and discipleship today. I'd like to enter a relationship with you. Please forgive me of all sin and unrighteousness. And I receive your grace today to accept you as my Lord and Savior. With my mouth, I confess, and in my heart, I believe that you are my Lord and savior take my life and do something significant with it in jesus name i've prayed amen if you have said that prayer you are one of jesus christ's family and on the screen is a number you can call text or whatsapp plus two five six seven seven five 642-449 six four two four four nine and at the end of that call will be somebody who would like to pray with you and guide you and lead you about how you become a member of the body of Christ and specifically within worship harvest ministries. Thank you all very much for your time with us today. It is raining uh, this morning, but it is no excuse for you not to go to your locations. We have 70 Worship Harvest locations, and we encourage you all to be in the room and uh, come and fellowship and pray with brethren. And for one reason or the other, if for one reason or the other you can't make it, we have our online garage starting uh, and and the... Platforms are available both on uh, Worship Harvest YouTube channel as well as, um, I believe, uh, Facebook, if I'm not mistaken. Our services start, uh, main garage starts at 9 and in some locations 10 and thereafter we have um, an 11.30 garage. Please get to your locations and worst case scenario, join us online and see you next week. Thank you very much.